and good evening, everybody, and welcome to this edition, episode four of the 8 o'clock spot, live on the Grid Network YouTube channel and Twitter. I am your host and moderator, Bryson Carver. We got three incredible guests uh, on the best sports talk uh, game show in all sports content creation podcasting, the whole bit. Uh, first of all, we're going to start with uh, Heath Ledger himself, the Joker, also known as Barry Grant Jr. of the Olive and Podcast and the co-founder of the Grid Network. Second straight week that he is, uh, he is uh, coming impersonating a, a Batman character, a major batman character so uh barry how you doing as the defending champion sir i am called the wrench for a reason all right i come here to be able to disrupt i don't care to really win but when it if the win happens i'm okay with that but i come to disrupt and have terrible takes and sometimes sprinkle in some good ones so i don't really care the wrench is here this is you are you know what i'm just gonna move on okay let's move on to uh somebody who's never been on the uh uh, eight o'clock spot it is one of the three members of the cowboys can fan podcast would you please welcome adam bessie adam welcome to the eight o'clock spot sir how you doing happy to be here happy to compete against uh reigning champion barry grant jr of the all even podcast um you know possibly dalton and i have some sort of deal set uh we don't know but it might be a two-on-one uh uh, unfair a handicap match against Barry Grant Jr. But I'm out here representing for the Cowboys can fan. That's right, Canadian Cowboy fans. Doesn't make sense, but we're unfiltered and uncensored, and I'm ready to get lit, baby. Yes, sir. Hey, listen, I, I always say the Cowboys should not be called America's team. They should be called the world's team because they're popular all over planet Earth. So uh, this, this, it's no surprise you guys have been as successful as you have been. Moving on to a great contributor, the great contributor. Would you please welcome Dalton Brown? Dalton, welcome back to the 8 o'clock spot. You put up one heck of a performance last time, but if I remember correctly, you were uh, had the crazy assumption uh, alleging collusion against uh, yours truly, the host. You're, you're, wait, you're muted. Your mic's muted. Your mic's muted, buddy. My I don't know so much if I was alleging collusion as uh, I, I knew you would regret giving Alfred the win over me. His whole take was that the Angels did the right thing by <laughs> buying at the deadline and buying at the deadline. And uh, they just waived all those players today and sent baseball into chaos. So I think you should probably go back and we should probably replay the whole thing. And, and I, But, you know, I'm, I'm just throwing that out there. I, I got interrupting and, and, you know, telling it like it is, so. I mean, we got to have at some point, we got to have rules, we got to have regulations, we got to have a, you know, a way we go about things here in the 8 o'clock spot. There are standards here, okay? So let's see, let's see if you can put up a good performance in your second go-round because you put up a solid performance uh, the first time you're on here. All right, before we even get into any of the rules or anything like that, let's go and look at the leaderboard uh, thus far for the 8 o'clock spot. Barry Grant Jr., a a, a decisive win uh, and, and, you know, up by almost double the, or over double the points of his second place uh, guy, Alfred Parsar Jr., followed by Devin Nettles, Mike Guido, Dalton Brown, and John Rivera, who was on last week. So uh, also, before we get into our first topic, we got some rules uh, for the show here in the first round. If you give a great take on on this topic, you get 200 points. A good take awards you 100. An okay take gives you 50. And if it's just bad and incompetent, you, you get zero points. You get a big fat goose egg. So let's move on to our first topic for the day. This is gonna play right into two of our uh, uh, two of our uh, panelists, you know, wheelhouse because they're both Cowboys fans. Let's move to Trey Lance traded to the Dallas Cowboys for a fourth round draft pick Friday night by the San Francisco 49ers. I think it's fair to say whether you like it or don't like it, it certainly caught a lot of the NFL world, you know, off guard that we. Didn't think Dallas was really even in the mix uh, for a guy like Trey Lance, who was the third pick in 2021. I personally love the guy. He hasn't panned out in quite, at least yet, what we thought we uh, he, could, he could be. So Barry Grant Jr. first, uh, why did the Cowboys make this move, and do you agree with it? I think the reason why they made the move is because you have to 
even when you're in a level of contention and you're trying to compete for Super Bowls, you still have to think about the future, right? You can't just put all your eggs in one basket for being all in. You can do that as well as keep the eye on what's going on down the road. Who knows if Dak is going to be there, be here in two years? Who knows if contract negotiations are going to break down? It's good to have an option because I always say in regards to quarterbacks, they're like currency. You have to keep drafting them. You have to keep finding them. And if you go ahead and find one that you can be able to develop and have there as an option, then why not do it? This is a perfect time. It's not like they could have waited. You know, he got he was about to get released or traded or whatever it was. And they 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 struck while the iron was hot. So there was no reason to like, you know, overthink this. They did the right thing. They got a young player that has a lot of upside and potential. And who knows what the future can hold. So, you know, that's that's pretty much it. That's fair. And and I think also too. And that's sort of what I talked about on my show yesterday. That you know, th- there's a very good chance. You know, e- you know, best case scenario for Trey Lance and for the Cowboys, Dak plays great this year. They go far in the playoffs, and then they move Trey Lance for a higher pick than what they initially got him for, which is the fourth rounder. And obviously for San Francisco, this has got to be a disaster. You gave up three first rounders to get a guy, and essentially in return, you get four started games and a fourth round pick. But knowing the Niners, they'll probably take some superstar running back to succeed Christian McCaffrey with Back's that pick. Moving on to Adam, the Cowboys can fan co-host. Uh, your thoughts on this trade, and do you like it for the Cowboys. I, I like the fact that the Cowboys picked up a quarterback. Uh, if you said, do we want Trey Lance or draft one of the rookies in the draft? I would have said to draft a rookie in the draft uh, based on just Trey Lance's uh, track record um, injury, you know, losing his starting spot to Brock Purdy, and then even just him not making a, a big contention in the offseason. So I was actually very partial when this happened that I, I wanted them to sign, uh, sign Dorian Thompson uh, Robinson all through the draft. So the fact that we let somebody like DTR go and then we pick up a guy like Trey Lance, a little bit frustrating. But when I look at it overall, I agree with exactly what Barry says. I want them to be in the game of quarterbacks. It's not that I want them to replace Dak. Do I think Trey Lance is going to replace Dak Prescott this year? Absolutely not. I don't even think Trey Lance is going to necessarily replace Cooper Rush this year. I, I like the idea that they're going to take him, they're going to develop the quarterback um, and get him under more of a, a two veteran, two veteran players. I think it's unfair to have these rookies come in and expect a lot from them in their in their first few seasons, especially the quarterback position. You know how I many good quarterbacks we've lost uh, over the years? Not in just the Cowboys, but just the NFL altogether. So I like the idea. I, I like that they got him in, they can develop him, develop him and then either use it as draft currency, trade currency, or possible replacement for Dak when or if he doesn't uh, resign uh, with contract negotiations with Jura Jones. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's and you you do a good job in detail on the fact that there's a lot of options that they do have in this process, depending a lot on how this season plays out. Obviously, you mentioned Dak only has two years left on, left on his deal. This season's going to go a long way in determining whether or not he able, he's able to get another extension in the 2024 offseason. So uh, definitely fair points by you. Uh, finishing off with Dalton Brown, uh, your thoughts on the trade, Trey Lance to the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, do you like the move, and why do you think they made this move? Um, I, I think the move is a little more puzzling than, than you guys do. And, and there are a couple of things that I just heard that to me don't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, one of them, I, I you know, and, and look, I, I know you're the, we're the one judging it, Bryson, but I'm still going to come at you if I don't agree with what you're saying. Th- this idea that Dak can start the whole season, look good, and Trey Lance's trade value goes up. Why? Why would it go up? I, I don't understand. I don't understand how that makes any sense. The other thing that I heard that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me is – 
we like Cooper Rush. That's what I'm hearing. It sounds like, you know, the, the thought that I heard from Adam is Cooper Rush probably stays the backup. Trey becomes somebody that you're kind of stashing. Is that worth a fourth rounder? To me, it's not. Uh, to, to, to me, a fourth rounder is a guy you pick like a DTR, who I appreciated hearing him mention. But to me, a fourth rounder is a guy you pick like DTR that can legitimately step in as a backup for the time being. To me, if the plan is not for him to be the backup quarterback, I think it's not. I think it's resources that are not being used very well because you don't really need to carry a third string quarterback, and especially you don't need to be trading a, a fourth round pick for one. So um, I, I, I find it a little puzzling. That's fair, but I would also say the fact that, you know, there was a lot of other teams with, by the way, elite-level quarterbacks that were in the running for Trey Lance. You the Bills, who have Josh Allen, the Ravens, who have Lamar Jackson. I think we all agree Jared Goff is a good quarterback, and the Lions were in the mix for him as well. Uh, so I think there's a lot of a lot more nuance than just, oh, they got him for a fourth-round pick. And it's it's not just this year, but it's also, you know, beyond the season for, Dal- for Dallas and whether or not, you know, they can develop Trey Lance. Again, my my thought, my, my guess is, rather, that he, he develops behind Dak. Cooper Rush is obviously not more talented than Trey, but he knows the system better. He's obviously been successful in that system in a limited capacity and then you show off Trey Lance next offseason or next preseason rather and then you have a team that potentially isn't bad enough to tank for a number one pick for a Caleb Williams for example and then they trade for him the offseason or during the preseason right before the regular season uh, to potentially be that sort of developmental guy kind of like a Jordan Love type of situation although Jordan Love uh, has been in Green Bay the whole time so before we get to our leaderboard right here after the first round uh, let's see uh, the, the Baskey group says uh, there you go he says Lance starts by week six that is a no. flaming <laughs> Hot take. Wow, that's crazy. That's, <laughs> no, that's so. So I can I can see Dalton. I can see Dalton uh, uh, coming back at the weird take if I said something like that, and and, and possibly I was a little nervous that I didn't clarify. I don't think Trey Lance. Nothing's happening with Trey Lance this year. It's future trade value picks, right. future draft capital, develop him. They have to like he's coming from a system that obviously didn't utilize him. He was a first rounder then. There's potential. He has the, the the mechanics. He just was injured. Can we develop him, or can it just scare our quarterback? So that's kind of where I was going with that. But uh, scare him I'm straight. Definitely not in. Yeah, I'm definitely him. not I, in the Basky Basky group there. I mean, I think <laughs> the, the idea of him putting a scare into Dak is an interesting one, um, especially you know given Dak's tendency to throw interceptions. I don't I don't hate that idea as much, but to me, if he's going to put a scare to Dak, he's not putting a scare into Dak if he's third on a de- on the depth chart. To me, no. So, that's fair. you know, and 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 Bryson, you know, you mentioned teams like the Lions and the Bills. Those teams have backup quarterbacks that aren't as good as Cooper Rush, right? So for teams like uh, that, Teddy Bridgewater, I think is better than Cooper Rush. I think Teddy Bridgewater is better. Point, at this point, yeah, maybe, but I, I I think that any team that's looking at Trey Lance is not looking to replace their starter, right? I mean, realistically, unless it's maybe Arizona, um, but. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. To me, if, if it were a sixth round pick, I wouldn't mind it. But a fourth round pick is more valuable than I think we're leading on. We'll see. We'll see. Only time will tell in that regard. Real quick, let's look at our leaderboard here. Uh, Barry, I thought that was a solid take. I'm going to give you 100 points uh, for the Trey Lance move. Again, I don't think there's any possibility that he replaces Dak down the line, but I think you made some fair points. Uh, well, I didn't say, like, like this year. I was talking about more like the contract year. was up, man. Come on. I, I, he's, well, you're the resident Dak hater, so, you know, I, I, had, to, I had to dock yeah, you. Yeah, dock you for that. that. That's yeah. natural. That's natural. I thought Adam. I thought Adam gave some great takes. I thought he was fair. I thought he gave. Uh, it might be the most nuanced situation. In the outlook, whether it's positive or negative, I thought Adam gave the best look from a nuanced perspective. Uh, Dalton, I don't know where you were going. Yes. Were <laughs> Thank it, you. Was, it was very confusing in terms of not just that you didn't like it. That's fine. We we can disagree, but you can give a good take. It's the fact that. 
you're discussing how hey, maybe you know, he doesn't put a scare to Dak as the third string and you know uh, other teams have better backups to Cooper Rush. Uh, they, and, they, and on top of that, and on top of that, Bryson, he attacked you. He did attack I know. you. It's very disrespectful. It's very disrespectful. <laughs> I hold all the power, Dalton. Do you not know that? Come on. I do not care. <laughs> you sound like Barry right now. You sound like the role. No, you are playing the role that Barry is attempting to play. That's what's Facts. going on right now. I Dalton can see is right the real rich. He's the real wrench. All right, let's move on to our second uh, segment. But let's go first. Overall, second round rules. A great take gives you 400 points. A good take, 200. An okay take gives you 100 points. A bad take, still zero. So we're doubling everything up uh, times two. Uh, So let's move on to two contract holdouts. uh, One regarding, you know, mostly a trade. And another, you know, in terms of getting a big contract. So Chris Jones, first of all, was placed by the Kansas City Chiefs. On the uh, on the reserve slash did not report list, so his holdout will continue. We've heard Chris Jones mention the fact that he could sit out by week eight. He could hold out until week eight. Obviously, superstar defensive tackle for Kansas City, the defending Super Bowl champions, and Jonathan Taylor, who we've talked about before in the eight o'clock spot. Uh, he was placed today on the pup list, physically unable to perform, and will automatically miss the first four games of the season. Of course, we got news today that the Colts were not able to agree to uh, a trade with anybody to move uh, the star running back. So I'll start this time with you, Adam. Uh, do you think or which hold? out do you think is more impactful to their teams Jonathan Taylor to the Colts or is it Chris Jones to the Chiefs uh you know what well we've seen um we've seen what Patty Mahomes can do with uh what I don't know was it 50 percent new fresh young people on his team to win a Super Bowl um Colts are in a in a bad spot I think I think they need I mean as much as I like Anthony Richardson I think he's another quarterback that you know, I, I was rooting for in, in the draft to go high because I just love his play style. Um, Jonathan Taylor is just a product of like years of the running back, uh, the running back position declining and a lot of other running backs with bigger contracts years before ruined it for him. And he's coming into that, uh, that, that time of his contract where he should be getting a pretty big payday for his skill set. So I absolutely think that based on what the Colts are trying to do with their team, that him holding out and him having issues with the uh, management and owners and now being on the, uh, is it, he's still on the pup list. So he's going to miss the four, the first four games. Yeah. I think, I mean, luckily for them, it's at the start of the season. I think it's going to impact him holding out. It's going to impact the Colts more than um, Chris Jones on the, on the Kansas city chiefs, just because we've seen what, uh, you know, Patty Mahomes can do with you know re- relatively nobody on his team and yeah. win the Super Bowl. Well, listen, the wide receiving core was, without question, again, aside from Kelsey, who's more of a receiver than he is a tight end, certainly in that role. Uh, you know, listen, that those, I mean, I remember that AFC title game where Mahomes was throwing to guys who were, who were you know, on the on the kick return, on the special teams. Uh, so he, he can make almost anybody work because he's the best quarterback in football. But you also got to remember, Chris Jones made some, and he's made plenty of plays in the playoffs. But that AFC title game, he you could argue on the defensive side of the ball, given the other quarterback they were facing in Cincinnati, he made some huge plays at yep. the end of the game, you know, to give Kansas City a shot to win there at the end. Uh, but I think you make, make some fair points, Jonathan Taylor being more impactful. To you, Dalton, now, do you think the Jonathan Taylor holdout is more impactful, impactful to the Colts or the Chris Jones holdout to the Chiefs? Uh, to me, it's Jonathan Taylor holdout, and it's not particularly close. And, and part of the reason for that is that I don't think the Chris – I think the Chris Jones holdout is somewhat of a nothing burger. Um, the, the reality is that, like, I'll put it this way. Do you think there's any chance in hell that we get to about week 11 and Chris Jones is not on the field? Because I don't. I think it's just a matter of when on that. 
Um, there's also a significant difference between the do not report list and the player unplayable list. Jonathan Taylor is out the first four games, no matter what that will impact the season for a team that already doesn't have really many offensive weapons at all has a rookie starting quarterback who is not as ready as some of the other rookie starting quarterbacks, as far as being able to pass the ball accurately. Um, I think the Colts are, are in big trouble. I think they fumbled the bag by not getting him traded before the deadline. Chris Jones might miss a game or two, but he's not he's not out for the required four. He could this this holdout could end any yet any day now. I wouldn't be surprised to see it end before their Thursday night opener. I wouldn't be surprised if it's ended before week two. So to me, I think the Chiefs are gonna be fine. Chris Jones will be playing eventually. Maybe he's a little more well rested. Jonathan Taylor being out, that cold seems already on thin ice. Yeah, yeah, they are. And, and I've talked about that in my shows, the fact that, you know, running backs, I, I, the data has, has been pretty darn clear that running backs, even having a great running game, doesn't necessarily put you a whole lot closer to just forget to competing for Super Bowls, but to just get to the playoffs. The Bears led the league in rushing. I think they had over 3,000 yards and had the worst record in football. Got the number one pick, of course, before they traded it uh, to Carolina. So, uh, you know, a, a guy like an Anthony Richardson, you know, could use, you know, the, the Colts being in a rebuilding situation more so than a contending team could sure use a running back to kind of take the load off his shoulders to sort of ease in his development. So you, you Definitely make some fair points there, Dalton. Uh, finally, Barry, uh, more impactful holdout, Jonathan Taylor to the Colts or Chris Jones to the Chiefs? Yeah, I think it, it's definitely Jonathan Taylor, you know, by a wide margin because the thing is, you know, we've seen the Chiefs be able to have success without Chris Jones in regards to injury, right? We've seen him be hurt. We've seen them be able to fill gaps and, and, and still be able to be, you know, productive on both sides of the football. And then when he comes back, you know, he, he definitely – you know, impacts the game, uh, you know, as best he can do. But they can be able to withstand him holding out, and I think that's going to decrease his value to them because if they keep winning, then what ends up happening to him, right? So, like, you know, the Chiefs have a good way of being able to, like, plug and play and moving on from guys very, very quickly. Uh, for Jonathan Taylor and the Colts, you know, with a rookie quarterback, you need a a uh, – uh, a running back that you can be able to trust that that won't fumble the ball that can be able to carry a lot of the a lot of the workload early on until Richardson gets up to speed and the fact that he's on the pup list and he's not going to be available for them to even play it's a bigger it's a bigger deal as well as a holdout you know there's there's bad feelings on both sides that there was no trade that happened so at that point you know the Colts are pretty much in a bad spot so I definitely say the Colts are in a are in a bigger um bigger bigger problem than than the uh, the Chiefs. You know, it's crazy as I actually disagree with all of you. You you you, you got the clean sweep in terms of uh you know of of so is that, uh, does that mean we're gonna get zero? Yeah, well, no, we're you know, all getting zero takes. My point system, my point system <laughs> is not based on whether I agree with you, it's whether you give a good take, whether I agree or disagree with you, but I disagree with all of you just because I think you know, in, in terms of you know, all that matters when the Super Bowl at the end of the day, at least if we're talking about a year to year basis, I think the Chris Jones holdout certainly makes more we, we the Colts aren't going anywhere this year. So that's the only thing that's separating factor for me, but you guys absolutely made fair points across the board i'll go to adam first uh adam i thought that was a darn good take uh you know not, not a great take but a good take uh, you know in turn i think you minimize chris jones impact a little too much he is after all one of the 10 to 15 best players in the league and i think sec certainly the second best interior defensive lineman to the great aaron donald uh in kansas city and certainly would argue he has a lot more longer you know left to play than aaron donald uh but, but overall i thought that was that was solid what's that the difference the, the difference though is that the chiefs the the one person on the chiefs that you need to win the game is going to be patrick mahomes in my opinion so no. if, if any, any anybody else that's missing on the team are they going to feel it? absolutely but we talked about what team is going to have a, a, is it more of an impact for it's going to be an impact for the chiefs regardless but it's not going to be as an impact as somebody like jonathan taylor on the Colts. so 
Yeah. I, I, I thank guess. The, hey, thank you for the points. Um, <laughs> you're very I'm not, welcome, I'm not, sir. I'm not going to bite the hand that feeds me there, okay? You know what? Because of your incredibly grateful spirit, I'm going to give you another. Let's, let's put this up here. I'm going to give you another 50 points, okay? And let's, <laughs> let's just put that graphic up there. Let's give Adam another 50 points. That's, because see, that's very- that. That's that Canadian, you know, kindness See, that they have up there. I don't you appreciate. You guys it. are nicer than we are. That's <laughs> all, it. All, you're, you're, all I heard was Adam talking out of turn. I got docked fifty points for that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's you know what I disagree. First time, sorry. Uh, exactly, exactly, exactly. The respect is are not given. So because of the fifty points, you are actually now tied in first place with Dalton Brown with 450 points. Great take, Dalton. Uh, I, I think, you know, even though I, I think the Chris Jones uh, move is more impact, uh, holdout is more impactful. I think the fact when you consider that Jonathan Taylor, obviously with the rookie quarterback coming in, the Colts already being in a bad spot, this just makes things worse. Uh, and certainly from a, you know, from a, a leverage standpoint, that's going to be, you know, that's going to be huge as well. Uh, Barry, right now you're in last place, my man. The defending champ is, is on the ropes. Uh, you know, it happens. It happens. All right. It, it, it's okay. Listen, but you, I will say you did make a good point in terms of, you know, Jonathan Taylor, uh, sort of, I'm sorry, uh, Chris Jones being, you know, potentially losing leverage because Kansas City, we all expect them to be successful this year. And the more they win, potentially his price tag goes down. Uh, but, but, but again, I, I think you're, you're still just a little too much married to the running back position, given that the fact that the position is just fading out of the NFL. That's, that's the only thing that the data is, is, is pretty, you know, it's pretty clear in that regard. So I'm just, I'm just saying, sad. by the Very way, sad. folks, uh, feel free to chime in the comic session section as well. We'll react to whatever you have to say about all of our takes. Uh, and otherwise just of course, keep it civil moving on to the third round uh we got we got a big segment here but let's go over our rules first 800 points for a great take 400 for a good take 200 for an okay take and keeping it at a big fat goose egg for a bad take again everything else doubling let's move to uh to russell wilson who uh michael lombardi i believe he was on bill simmons podcast and he flat out said hey russell's on a short leash this year by the way this given the fact that Russell's five-year deal paying him in excess over $200 million hasn't even kicked in yet. He's still in the last year of a Seahawks deal. So from a contractual standpoint, this could be devastating for the Broncos if he doesn't uh, progress the right direction. Obviously, Sean Payton is coming in. Hopefully, you know, if you're a Broncos fan, if you're an NFL fan, a Russell Wilson fan, you hope he's able to, to, to get him back in the right direction to what he was in the in the Seattle day. So I'll ask you first, Dalton, uh, in this final round, do you think Sean Payton this year in particular, 2023, gets Russell Wilson back on track? And do you think he becomes similar to what we remember him to be in Seattle. No, I don't. And and part of the reason I don't is because I think it's easy to forget that Russell Wilson was not a particularly effective quarterback his last year in Seattle either. Um, we've gotten so used to seeing quarterbacks like Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers who you know age beautifully into their late 30s. That doesn't happen with everybody. In fact, that happens with the minority of quarterbacks. And Russell Wilson's a guy who used to rely on his legs. He doesn't do that as much anymore. And I don't think that's I don't think that's on purpose, right? I think a lot of that's age. Um, I think at the end of the day, Russell Wilson becomes the scapegoat for Peyton, where, you know, the Broncos are probably going to be, to me, a below average team again this year. And Peyton can point at it and say, hey, I wasn't the one who made the decision to trade away Drew Locke, Noah Fant, Shelby Harris, and picks for this guy. And oh, by the way, the Broncos also gave up a pick to bring in Sean Payton. Um, I think the Broncos have made a series of poor decisions. I think that those poor decisions are going to continue to catch up with them this season. Uh, luckily for Sean Payton, he can basically push aside the blame for all of that. 
Yeah, and you make a great point about Russell Wilson with his legs. He was actually vocal a couple of years ago about the fact that you know he doesn't want to necessarily run as much as, as he used to in the past. He was very well known for his kind of his escapability, his his sort of improv plays. I, I remember a play against the Cardinals in a Thursday night game years ago where he you know made an incredible play to Doug Baldwin. As he's gotten older, you're right. He's he, that's sort of that's not really been his mo. And the question is, can he move back to that this year? Is he open to moving back to that this year? Only time will tell. Moving to you, Barry. Uh, do you think Sean Payton can fix Russell Wilson this season in 2023? I don't think so at all. Um, you know, I'm going to go even further that, than what Dalton said. I think Russell Wilson is shot, and we've seen a little bit of that when he was in Seattle. And the one thing that a lot of people don't see in Russell Wilson's game that I've seen over the past maybe four or five seasons is that his IQ in the pocket is not that high. He used to rely on a lot of his athleticism and a lot of like Hail Mary plays and great, great wide receiver play to be able to bail him out of a lot of mistakes that he makes. When he went to Denver, he continued to make those mistakes. But guess what the difference is? The athleticism goes down. He's a little bit gun shy in the pocket now. He doesn't want to get hit as much. But the IQ is still the same. So this is why you're seeing, you know, these alarming um plays and these alarming games that he has because his IQ level has never has never gotten higher in regards to the quarterback position. Can Sean Payton be able to help him with the IQ part? Absolutely. But can he help him with the physicality part or the physical part that he's breaking down and he doesn't actually like to get hit? That's a big issue if he's starting to 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 you know seize up and tense up in the pocket. You can't really you can't really fix the yips and he has that. So no. That's interesting, too, and you bring up the fact that he was obviously very reliant on athleticism. You know, it, it's almost in a similar sense. The way you describe Russell Wilson, your view, is almost how I would go into a different sport that describe John Morant in the NBA is that almost every play for John Morant has to be this, wow, unbelievable, what did he just do? You know, and or that's Russell some of the reasons they struggled. Russell Westbrook, he, he struggled with, you know, injuries in that regard. And so whether or not Russell's able to fix that uh, it, it, it is TBD, and whether or not Sean Payton can get them to, you know, to that point is, is to be determined as well. Uh, finish with you, Adam. Can, can Sean Payton fix Russell Wilson this year? The Bronco fairy tale would say, yes, you bring Sean Payton in and he's going to correct this, this big quarterback buy that the Broncos did last season. Um, that's why we brought Sean Payton in. Cause if anybody can fix somebody, it would be Sean Payton. It's not going to happen. Like there's no way that Sean Payton's going to correct him this season. Cause that's your question. Um, maybe next year, maybe next the season after possibly when he gets some more time, but I also think that management brought in a guy like Sean Payton to do almost exactly what Dalton was talking about. Sean Payton can say, that's not my guy. And I think the management also even knows before bringing Sean Payton in that Russell Wilson wasn't correctable and they want a Sean Payton to come in and get them out of the, the, uh, the, the chaotic mess that was also already created in, in, in Bronco country. Um, so I don't think, I think Sean Payton being brought in is a bigger long-term solution, obviously for the Broncos and Russell Wilson, if he can get in line will be a bonus from it. But ultimately they're looking at with the amount of money that's invested that, you know, Sean Payton has the next three, four years to get this team on track to be a Super Bowl contending team. Cause why else would he be there? So I don't think it's going to happen this season. Um, regardless of the athleticism that he once showed, I, I just, there's, we don't know what goes on in the minds of these athletes and all the extra pressure that they have. And to get somebody back on track takes a lot of work and a lot of mental uh, effort. And I just don't see that happening in one off season. 
That's interesting. That's interesting. And you listen, you, 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 it's fair that, you know, some of Russell's struggles, again, not all of them, because Russell, I think to me, deserves the bulk of the blame for the Broncos failures last season, but Nat Hackett had no experience in the NFL. So maybe that contributed whether or not, you know, certainly there's no question. I, I don't think there's any question. He's going to be better than he was last year, but that's not saying much because he was arguably the worst quarterback in the league last year, him. And of course, Mac Jones with the New England Patriots, but that's another conversation for another show. Um, and you know, listen, there were both coach coaching changes in that regard as well. So let's check uh, the comments here. Look at, we got the Cowboys campaign in the comments here. Uh, saying let's ride. Uh, it's on my uh, Russell Wilson's uh, famous catchphrase uh, in Denver. So we got a cam fan all over the place uh, here on the eight o'clock spot. Uh, Dylan Lima says uh, Hackett was terrible. Uh, he was. I agree. Uh, Christopher uh, Antaki, Antaki, I hope I'm saying your name correctly. Dalton tells it like it is. Hey, that's what we want in the 8 o'clock spot. We want you to keep it real. We want you to give your honest uh, and, and opinionated takes so much, uh, as much as possible. You just got to be respectful of the host, okay? That, that, that means a lot to me. Respect, and listen, uh, Adam did a great job in that regard. Speaking of Dalton, let's start with him because he went first of the segments. Uh, Dalton, I thought that was a great take. Uh, I, I think when you talk about you know, Russ's uh, struggles in terms of, uh, you know, going back to his last year in Seattle wasn't quite as productive in terms of his uh, loss of athleticism. I, I think that's that's the point that people often forget. It's a point, I, not to go back to Mac Jones, but it's a point I make about Mac Jones that it's not just the fact that you have Matt Patricia calling plays last year, but the end of his rookie year, he was bad too. Russ, whether it was the finger issue, whatever the case may be, was not good in 2021. And that's why the Bronco, I'm sorry, the Seahawks didn't get in the playoffs and why they ultimately probably did, you know, this past year. Uh, so great take, Dalton. Uh, Barry, great take as well. Um, I, I think you mentioned the fact that, you know, Russell was his football IQ has been questionable at times. Again, I think there's some of the uh, sort of Superman element, almost like a more athletic Andrew Luck, like Andrew Luck also felt like he had to make every single play. Russ, maybe so as well. And that's that's kind of come back to bite him as time has gone on uh, in Denver. So I think it's a great take by you. Uh, I hate to do this to our new guest, but Adam, you're out, my man. I, I hate to tell you my only issue wasn't even that bad of a take. But the issue was the fact that it felt like to a certain extent you might have been talking out of both sides of your mouth. Like, I don't think he can, but maybe he can't. No, no, no. We need strong. We need – we, and this shocks me for you coming from the campaign because I know you guys are decisive. You guys are uh, speak with, 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 with conviction. And I, I just didn't feel that today. I was, I was very – at least in this segment, not today, but just in this segment, Adam. I, it's just – I didn't feel it from you. Hey, totally uh, – you're, you're totally right. You're not getting points. You're, you're too far behind for me to attack on enough points. Uh, you know what? I'll give you 50. I'll just give you 50 just to be nice, <laughs> no, but uh, hey, it's still want, not enough. I want, hey, I don't want pity points. You take that 50 <laughs> points off. Give me back. Give me back my 850. Okay. okay I'll, I'll, I'll give you 850. Let's see. There There we go. There we go. Okay. So there's Adam Bessie's uh, 850. And uh, you, you, your buddies with the CanFed podcast, we're not, we're not loving it. Uh, you know, they, they yeah, were coming in right. here to, to support you. They said uh, 10,000 points for Adam. Well, the problem is, guys, uh, whether this is Anth or Alex commenting, uh, the problem with that is uh, you can only get 10,000 points in the final round. So uh, just, just not able to, but maybe we can have you on. Maybe we can have the other guys that can't fit show on in the future. Uh, and, and so there you go. Uh, uh, sub one K there you go. Tanny boy, uh, 23 and uh, also says Dalton is, uh, is the goat. So that's oh, so that, those must be Dalton's fans. They're calling sub one K. They're trolling me right there. I, I, boy. I, I, I don't know. They're, they're, I, th I think they were saying because he dealt and got to uh, you know 1K. So, uh, yeah, we, we often have fans of guests uh, from week to week basis. We had your guys. Barry doesn't have any fans, I guess. I guess that's the sort of villain part coming Zero. at him. You know, pe mm. nobody's rooting for Barry because like, they I'm don't want to see the same I'm, team hey, over rooting, and over. I'm rooting for Barry. This is my friend. <laughs> oh, yeah. see, it's, it's my only friend here, is it? This is, okay. This is, I'm, okay. I'm rooting for yeah. Barry to lose. 
This is unbelievable. <laughs> this, I, I am too. I am too, by the way. But I got to be objective. Adam, appreciate you coming on, my man. Hopefully we can have you as well as Anth or Alex or even maybe we can do an all-cam fan 8 o'clock spot. That'd be a blast. But uh, appreciate you coming on, Alex, and uh, have a good one. Hopefully we can have you on once again. Yes. Goodbye. He's gone. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I moved, I moved Dalton. There we go. Okay. <laughs> now Alex is gone. I should dock myself points for, for, for messing that up. That was, that, was, that was not good. That was not good. And, and at a Cowboys camp, it says 100 points for Barry. Uh, no, we, 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 bonus points have to be earned. We're not, we don't just hand them out like free candy. Okay. We don't do that. Okay. So by the way, this is the fourth, we're at four episodes in the eight o'clock spot and Barry Grant jr. This is four straight, uh, final rounds for you, sir. So, so before we can get into this, how are you feeling about that? You faced Alfred, you faced Do uh, Devin twice. How are you feeling about this being like the, the one constant thus far? The wrench. All right. That's all I'm saying. The wrench. He doesn't care what happens. If it happens, great. Uh, if it doesn't happen, that's what I aim for. All right? And I, I got Dalton's ass tonight. I love it. Let's go. To our final topic, to our final segments. Uh, one you've talked about, Barry. I'm, I'm sure you have also strong feelings toward this as well. Uh, Dalton, we had uh, Noah Lyles. Uh, who won three gold medals at the track and field world championships in Budapest, Hungary last week, including victories in both the 100 meter, and 200 meter dash. Uh, that's not the story. Congrats to him. But here's, here's, here's what he said though. He said, uh, quote, you know, the thing that hurts me the most is that I have to watch the NBA finals and they have world champion on their head. World champion of what? The United States? Don't get me wrong. I love the U.S. at times, but that ain't the world. This is that uh, that is not the world. We are the world. Uh, reference to the to the old song in the '80s. Uh, we have almost every country out here fighting, thriving, putting their flag on their flag to show that they are represented. There ain't no flags in the NBA. Very strong opinion. He would be good in the eight o'clock spot because he's very uh, very opinionated, and that's what we like in the eight o'clock spot in the comments and as well as with our panelists he, uh, as well. He get he gets bad takes on every segment. Oh man, that's see that's that's not nice. That's not nice. That's not nice, Barry. Uh, I'll start with you though. Your thoughts on this? And are if you win an NBA champion, if you win a a championship in a North American professional sports league, are you a world champion? Uh, I would say in regards to the NBA, yeah, because the NBA is the greatest basketball association in the world. Like they have the best players in the world. You can be able to go to FIBA and you can see all the international games and all the players that are out there. But a lot of those guys are countrymen that may not possibly be able to make the NBA. There's some guys that are fringe guys, but the NBA is the game. The NBA is the world sport for basketball. You understand what I'm saying? So when somebody wins it in the NBA, yes, you're the champions of the literal world because there's no athletes better in regards to basketball than the NBA when you're talking about basketball. So I, I really didn't understand what he was doing. I know what it was, though. I know what it was. It's a lot of times where people want to sound smart and they want this big viral moment and be like, man, that guy did a, you know, he, he's over here spitting facts, man, and he looks good. Like, But it actually went the other way, and this is why idiot brain is a very, very big thing that keeps getting spread in the United States and around the world is that you might think that it sounds good up here, but once it comes out of your mouth, pause, it's – it's literally a bad take, and this is exactly what happened to him. He, Him saying that, I don't think that he woke up the next morning, like, felt good about it. Like, he was like, okay, I, I, I really am embarrassed now because now he's a, he's a fool. And he's not the only one that said it. Greg Popovich has said it. Stephon right. Marbury has said it. So there's a lot of people that have had the same idiot brain take, but this is the world's game in regards to basketball. This is the end-all, be-all for basketball. World champions.
Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, before I even get to Dalton, I actually do agree with that take. Uh, whether or not you'll win, that's to be determined, but I think that's a great take in yeah. terms of, yeah, I think you are the champions of the world, and the NBA obviously does have, the, I think more than ever, they have the best players in the world now. Uh, it's because the fact, you, you look at the Olympics a couple of years ago, and now with, you know, the, the world tournament uh, going on right now, like the world's kind of caught up to us a little bit. Like we're right. not just having to, you're not, we're not just beating teams by 50 outside Absolutely. of the gold medal, you know, the tournament game. So, you know, the world's definitely caught up. We had the best players on earth here in the NBA. Uh, you know, there's no question about it. Uh, to Dalton, actually, before we go to Dalton, I forgot to bring this up i apologize to the audience uh the final round is a winner take all between the top two point getters the winner gets ten thousand points it's the great equalizer really in this tournament to give everybody a shot to potentially win when it's all said and done by the time we get to the nba finals uh the loser comes home with nothing it's sort of like a fast money type feel with with family feud uh so i'll go to you dalton now uh if you win an nba championship a championship in any um, uh, a north american professional sports league are you a world champion well, first I want to address the the quote, right? Because that, that's kind of what spurs all of this. The quote is completely absurd. Like, he, he comes out here and goes, you know the thing that hurts me the most? This is the <laughs> thing that hurts you the most. Like, really. Like, this is the thing that hurts you the most, is that NBA champions call themselves world champions. Like, look, the reality is, if you look around FIBA, the best teams in those FIBA in the, in the FIBA tournament are the teams that have the most NBA players on them. That's not by accident. And by the way, if the NBA stops calling them a world champion, it doesn't really matter to me. I, I, I look, I hate that I have to agree with Barry here. I wanted to disagree with him. It'd be more fun, uh, but he's right. Like this is such, this is not something that actually matters. I had never heard of Noah Lyles before this. And maybe that's on me because I don't follow track and field very closely, but I had never heard of Noah Lyles before this. Now I know who he is. So I guess in that sense, he was kind of successful. But it's, I mean, to get up on a podium and all of a sudden decide this is a direction you want to go because this is the thing that hurts you the most. Like, dude, come on. I mean, this this was just an attention grab and he got his attention and I think he's a bozo. Well, I think the fact that it bothered them that bad is is a bit concerning. That that was like the first thing he thought of when he won a, a championship. It's like his crowning achievement. I don't know if it's right. crowning achievement or not, but it was a big achievement. Won three three medals, uh, and it's it, it seemed like he really you know it really bothered him. Um, so yeah. It is it, it, a idiot brain is a very real thing and it should be put uh, in uh, a dictionary. It's not just here absolutely. in America, but whole around the whole world. It's a very, absolutely. very real condition uh, that so many people unfortunately suffer from. Uh, great job, fellas. I, I got to say, um, you, you guys are making this, this, you know, this final round for me uh, tough, but I got to say, I've made my decision. And when it is all said and done, uh, the winner uh, for the eight o'clock spot here uh, in week four is Dalton Brown. Dalton Brown has come back and beaten Barry Grant Jr. Look at Barry being a, a, a good sport here. The tip of the cap. Uh, congratulations to Dalton Brown uh, on winning uh, the 8 o'clock spot this week because uh, I, I, I got to say, this was um, this was a good one. You came back. You, you alleged a conspiracy and, and all this stuff. But you know what? You came back. You, you, you fought hard. You gave some great takes. And uh, I'll give you all the credit in the world. So there you go. How is the winner feeling today? Well, it feels good. And, and what I like about this is now that I've already been declared the winner, uh, it gives me an opportunity to, to speak a little bit of my truth, uh, you know, in a situation where you can't take points away from me. And, and specifically that oh. truth is University of Tennessee football will finish with less than nine wins. <laughs> oh, my goodness. They will not make the playoff. They will not be playing in a New Year's Six Bowl. Um, so all of you who are looking for college football wagers, 
Tennessee Volunteers under nine wins. But thank you for the victory. I appreciate it. <laughs> oh, it's, it's funny. You, you have the you have the real gumption to wait until the game is over for me to to to, to you know declare you to clearly the winner. It's it's that's that's very or, or for you to get your takeout uh, a nonsensical take. Very out, very very villain like. I I like Dalton. I really it's, do. It's, I, finished, I like I like him. We finished with two villains. Uh, Barry, your your, your thoughts? Uh, two, two, two and two. Are we going to hold this against you like we hold LeBron's final, finals that, record? That, that's what I'm saying. It's like, you know, people are going to look at it like, oh, you know, you only got – but listen, I am here. I'm a finalist every week, and that means something, all right? I am the wrench. I know my stuff. I don't have to win all the time, man. That's just not the way it goes. You know, sometimes you're going to win. Sometimes you're going to lose. And shouts to Dalton, man. I, I, I have no I have no qualms with Dalton winning. I actually liked him because he was robbed when Alfred got the win. Dalton should have been the winner. Or I should have been the winner. So now he got he got corrected. I got corrected last week. And we we just kind of wiped our hands clean with this Alfred mess. So I love it. I love it. Y'all, you guys just attacking me like this. It's just <laughs> when we I, when I can't take points or add them away. It's just it's, like keep that same energy next week, Barry and Dalton, and everybody everybody who could be a part of this show in the future. That's just that's that's unacceptable. Uh, before we get out of here, let's look at our leaderboard. Uh, so Adam obviously now on the list, but we got Barry Grant Jr. still in first place. We'll actually have to add some points to Barry. Uh, is at twenty four thousand. We're gonna add more points to that because he had a good showing today. But Alfred is still uh, in second place. You got Devin. Oh, Nettles, Dalton's in uh, second place now. Or, I'm sorry, Dalton's in second, but okay, that's out of order. We'll, we'll fix that before next week's show. But Dalton's in second, Alfred in third, uh, followed by Devin, Guido, John Rivera. I'm sorry, Adam Bessie, uh, then John Rivera. So shout out to Adam for joining the show. Uh, shout out to the Cowboys camp fan show, no doubt about it. Shout out to uh, Barry, uh, once again in the final round. Really, he, he, he takes you down the wire if he doesn't win. So shout out to you, Barry, and you are the wrench. And I'm curious which DC uh, character to come out with, or even which Batman character, to be more specific, you're going to come out with next week. That's, that's I guess, uh, the, you know, that's why you got to tune in the 8 o'clock. You never know. know. No question about it. And to Dalton, despite the fact that you spoke and, you know, just just crazy mess about my Tennessee volunteers. I still have to give you your love and your praise for winning the eight o'clock spot in episode four, sir. Uh, but that is all the time we have for today. Tune in next week at 8 PM Eastern at 5 PM Pacific time to the eight o'clock spot, the best sports game show in all of content creation anywhere around the world. Uh, appreciate you, Barry Dalton, Adam for joining the show, as well as all those who chimed in the comment section, please be sure to like to share and please subscribe to the grid network on YouTube and check us out anywhere you get your podcasts on any podcast platform and uh until next week this is bryson the host of the eight o'clock spot and uh we'll see y'all next week peace out